We're excited to finish up and wrap up this series on Samson, and uh, I'm excited about it because this is my favorite part of the story. So far, this uh, account of Samson's life has been a lesson on how to ruin your life. Samson was supposed to save Israel from their captors, but instead, the Philistines captured him. They plucked out his eyes and they bound him in shackles. They threw him in prison and then they made him pull a millstone like a donkey. His strength that was given to him to save his people Israel was used for himself. He used it for pride and revenge and anger and lust. And now with little strength he has left, he was used up helping the enemy make bread. See, lust, pride, and anger make strong men weak. And Samson didn't learn his lesson. He didn't learn from his mistakes. God had given Samson so many chances, but eventually the consequences caught up to him. In this series of unfortunate decisions, he didn't even notice that somewhere along the way, God had left him. So he's embarrassed, enslaved, and humiliated. And Samson was walking in circles, pushing a millstone. I'm sure he had plenty of time to think, to go over the path that had led him to where he was. Blind and weak, I'm sure he was overwhelmed by the crushing thought that he was a failure. Craig Groeschel says failure is an event not a person. He was hopeless and he was broken. But like we said last week, if you're not dead, God's not done. And there's a glimmer of hope at the end of these verses in Judges chapter 16. You can turn there in your Bible. We'll be there uh, this morning, or you can uh, head over to the CBC app and all these notes and uh, verses are, are shoved in there. Verse 21, and the Philistines seized him gouged out his eyes, brought him down to Gaza, bound him with bronze shackles, and he ground at the mill in the prison. But the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. Tony Evans says this about this verse. He says, here we get a hint that God wasn't done with Samson yet. Why else would he, we need to be told that his hair, which was the secret to his strength, had began to grow back. His hair's return was an outward symbol that he was inwardly repentant and turning back to God. See, the Bible doesn't just throw in tidbits like that and just, you know, with no meaning. They're telling us something here. It was a, a sign that he was inwardly repentant. God, uh, sometimes God has to take you as low as you can possibly go to get your undivided attention. Samson was at the bottom, but his hair was growing back. See, the Philistines thought the story was over. The great and mighty hero Samson that had, uh, you know, tormented them was finished. And the people of Israel were defeated, and so was their God. Well, they thought this was a good enough reason to party, right? There's no one to stop them now. They needed to give thanks to their God, Dagon. They believed that Dagon had uh, helped them defeat Samson. But it wasn't Dagon. It was God that handed Samson over. 
About 50 years later, there was a young man by the name of David that stood against the Philistines to fight a giant named Goliath. And when he mocked God, uh, uh, David stood up and defeated him. This is the same people. And we see here that once again, God will not be mocked. Verse 23. Now the lords of the Philistines gathered to offer a great sacrifice to to Dagon, their God, and to rejoice. And they said, our God has given Samson, our enemy, into our hand. And when the people saw him, they praised their God. For they said, our God has given the enemy into our hand, the ravager of our country who has killed many of us. So picture this, the Philistines throw this big party. This is like a a national holiday, you know, like we do a Super Bowl uh, party in the city that wins and there's just people all over and they're excited because they have won. They pack into this Colosseum. The theme of this party is Samson is a loser and his God is weak and Dagon has won. This guy had burned down their harvests, killed many of their people. And they praise Dagon for bringing down Samson. Now, this is the lowest of the low in Samson's life. He is even more embarrassed and humiliated. He is paraded out in front of people and mocked. Gone were the days when he thought he could be okay on his own. Gone were the days where he believed that he was above the consequences of his sin. Gone were the days where he thought he could fix things in his own strength. This is good because Samson was in a place, a good place for God to begin to use him again. See, God can use people that know they are weak. Samson was humbled and his hair was growing back. I'm sure he remembered his parents, all the hope that they had in him. I'm sure he remembered his people that he was sent to, by God to save them. I'm sure he remembered promise after promise that he had broken to God. But there are some things you can't undo. See, even when we're sorry and even when we repent, many times the consequences remain. We can't really take back those words of anger that we say to our children. Those broken promises that we make to our spouse, they're still broken promises. And when a lack of integrity causes us to lose our job, there's not always a happy ending. And no matter how many times we wish we could take back that text that we sent in anger, we can't. Those words can't be undone. So repentance is good, but repentance doesn't always take away the consequences. But it does help you move on from here. See, one of the amazing things about God is he can take you from where you are right now, no matter how much you have messed up and fallen time and time again, he can take you from where you are right now and get you where he wants you to go. And God can use people that know they are weak. See, Samson had bought into his own hype. He was the great and mighty savior of Israel. He could do it all on his own. He was okay. He was strong. He could fight. And he forgot that every single thing that he had was from God. Every talent, every gift, every privilege was given to him. He had thought he pulled himself up by his own bootstraps, but really, God had blessed him. But when he was brought low, when he realized that he wasn't as strong as he thought he was, 
God lifted him up. He can get you there from here. Samson was humbled, but his hair was growing back. He couldn't change his past, but he could change his future. So he called out to God, and we see that in verse 25. And when their hearts were merry, all these people that are laughing at Samson and laughing at his God, they called, uh, they said, call Samson that he may entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison, and he entertained them. They made him stand between two pillars. Samson said to the young man who held him by the hand, let me feel the pillars on which the house rests, because he's blind. He can't see where he's at, that I may lean against them. Now the house was full of men and women, and the lords of the Philistines were there, all the most important people. And on the roof, there were about 3,000 men and women who looked on while Samson entertained. Then Samson called to the Lord and said, O Lord God, please remember me. Please strengthen me only this once, O God, that I may be avenged on the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson grasped the middle pillars on which the house rested, and he leaned his weight against them, his right hand on the one and his left hand on the other. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. Samson cried out to God and asked for God to give him one more chance to do good. One more chance to help fight against the oppressors of his people. He said, strengthen me only this once. Philistines have defeated me. They've taken my eyes. They mock you. They oppose your people. Samson wants to make one last stand. Like the Spartans at the Battle of Thermopylae. He knows he isn't getting out of this mess. This was his Alamo. And there are no happy endings here. But Samson was born for a purpose. God told his parents back in Judges chapter 13, verse 5. The angel told his mother, For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. No razor shall come upon his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. And he shall begin to save Israel from the hand of the Philistines. See, this time Samson wasn't going to try and make a difference on his own. He called out to God and he pushed the pillars with all his might and God gave him the strength and he brought the house down on them. He said, if I'm going down, I'm taking some with me. Verse 30, and Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. He bowed with all his strength and the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people that were in it. So the dead whom he killed at his death were more than those whom he had killed during his life. See, one of the reasons it's clear that the Bible isn't a fairy tale is because there are clearly not always happy endings, right? This is a sad story. This isn't really a story of triumph. See, sometimes Moses, uh, we see that it's not always happy endings. Moses doesn't go into the promised land. David falls, you know, like the, the greatest Christian or, or God follower that we could ever imagine. King David, right? He falls hard. Jonah's mad at, the Nineveh, uh, at God that he saved the Ninevites. It's not always happy endings. And here, Samson has so many skeletons in his closet that he can't even shut the door. These are real people. And this isn't the ending that we wanted, right? Yeah, it's great that he repented and God used him one last time, but there's no slow motion action shot as he puts his sunglasses on and the building collapses behind him, right? 
We don't get that here. This story is sad, and it's real, and it's raw. Samson never finds love after searching for it in all the wrong places. He disappoints his parents and his people for most of his life. But Samson got things right with God. He couldn't fix this mess that he had made, but God can use people that knows they are weak. And Samson dealt the biggest blow to the enemies of God after he lost everything. Now, you might be wondering why I'm so confident that Samson repented and wasn't just trying to get revenge. It's because thousands of years later, God-inspired scripture put Samson in a list of people that had the greatest faith in history. Many refer to this chapter as the hall of faith. You got Abraham and Noah and Sarah and Jacob and Moses and Joseph. This is a who's who of people of faith. We see in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32. This is just given a whole list of people with great faith. And it says, what more shall I say? For time would fail to me to tell of Gideon and Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced Justice obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Somehow in this list of people, old Samson slips in. Which of these descriptions apply to him? Well, maybe you could say he enforced justice, right? These people were oppressing Israel and then had taken over. And he fought against them, or maybe stopped the mouth of a lion. The Bible tells us that he beat a lion like a baby goat, tore him to pieces like that. I mean, I guess you could put it there. But I think the one that applies to Samson the most was this one. We're made strong out of weakness. I think that's the one that fits the bill the most for Samson. Because when Samson used his own strength, he was the weakest. He was driven by lust and anger and pride, and he didn't learn from his mistakes. But when Samson was humbled, when he saw how weak he really was, is when God used him the most. And imagine being in Samson's position. Imagine how much faith it would take after you know that you had broken promise after promise after promise to God, and you had suffered the consequences of your sin and you're pushing a millstone and your eyes are gouged out and you're humiliated and you're broken. Imagine how much faith that you have to have to go to God one last time. Say, God, I know I've just screwed everything up, but I need you to use me. After all of that, what what type of, uh, you know, for what reason would God ever use Samson again? Samson believed that God is a forgiving God. Samson believed that God could take where he was and do something with it. And it took great faith for Samson to call out to this God that he had turned his back on so many times and ask for him to use him once more. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, God tells Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is is made perfect in weakness. See, Samson's not the hero of this story. 
In fact, none of the Bible characters are the heroes of their story. God is always the hero. Jesus is always the hero because the more he uses us in our weakness, the greater it shows us that he is. And when you realize that you don't bring anything to the table and that God doesn't need you is when he shows off in the biggest ways. And we can look at these heroes of the faith and we can wonder why someone like Samson slips into this list. At the very least, he should have an asterisk next to his name, right? We, we, people like to talk about that with like Barry Bonds. We're like, okay, he can be in the Hall of Fame, but put an asterisk next to his name. He used steroids. Samson's asterisk would say, you know, he was a self-centered bonehead up until two minutes before his death. But you know what? We all have asterisks. Because it's not the amount, but the presence of sin that makes us sinners. And every person in this hall of faith in Hebrews sinned. Some of them big time. And we all deserve an asterisk next to our name. Why? Because there are no heroes of the faith. There's only one hero, Jesus. And there are no great people of God. There's only people that follow a great God. So why does this matter? How does this information change our lives? Well, maybe you didn't need this lesson from Samson on how to ruin your life. Maybe you've been doing a great job on your own. Stop resisting God. Stop making the same mistake over and over and over again. Stop thinking that you can do it on your own. Realize and admit that you have messed up and that you are weak and that you have to lean on God for every moment because you can't do it in your own strength. And then get ready. Why? Because God can use people that know they are weak. Have faith. You might be in that same position as Samson. You're like, Pastor Phil, you don't understand what I've done. You don't understand how I've messed my life up. You don't understand how I got here. But I do understand that God can get you where he wants you to go from where you are right now. Samson's put in this list because he believed that God would use him. Despite all that he had done. And that's a way that you can flex your faith this morning. And say, God, I know I don't deserve it. I know I could never earn it. But God, use me again for something. God, use me again. And in reality, look, we're all in that same boat. None of us is good enough. We're all sinners. But God can take you from where you are right now. Even when you ruined your life. Failure isn't final. God is in the life-restoring business. There's a British TV show that I watch on Netflix called uh, The Repair Shop. And people bring their antiques that are broken and scratched up, and they uh, restore them, and they make them like they're brand new. And the one object that they often do on there that blows my mind that they can repair is pottery, like uh, ceramics or old teapots or the, you know statues that... Are just are broken and in pieces and tiny little pieces. But they fit it together and they sand it down and they glue it and they paint it and it looks like it has never been broken. You may not be able to avoid the consequences of your sin, 
But God is the greatest artist ever. And he can restore things that people thought could never be used again. And God can fix your heart like it was never broken. If Samson was here today, he would tell you, don't make the mistakes that I did. Don't let your life be driven by your flesh and lust and anger and pride. Don't uh, repeat the same mistakes over and over again. Don't do that. But if you do find yourself broken and embarrassed and humiliated by your mistakes, then realize that you're not strong enough on your own. Realize that you are weak, and then God can show off how strong he is. No matter where you are, God can get you where he wants you to go from here. Run to Jesus. Cast your burdens at his feet. He cares about you. His grace is bigger. His forgiveness goes farther than you ever thought it would. Stop trying to make it happen in your own strength. The wisest people that have ever lived have known that they needed God desperately. See, the Philistines thought this story was over. But God wasn't finished with Samson yet. We all have these asterisks by our name. Samson's failures weren't final and yours aren't either. Because failure is an event. It's not a person. And when you're ready to stop trying in your own strength, Call upon the Lord, and he will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you never imagined. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this story of Samson. I see myself in it not because of his strength, but because of his weakness. And I know how often I have failed you, and yet you have forgiven me over and over again when it didn't make sense. God, I pray for that person that feels like they can't get up again. Help them to admit that on their own strength, they can't get up. God, but help them to have the faith that you want to pick them up today. Maybe they've hurt people in the past, and they've just settled into the fact that that part of them is broken. Maybe they've been hurt and they're scared to step out and they've closed themselves off. Maybe they feel like even God today that that you have let things happen to them and they don't understand it. God, I pray that they would reach out their hand to you again today no matter where they are, no matter how they got there, help them to have faith that you want to give them the strength once more. God, I pray for anyone today, Lord, that has not given their life over to you and they haven't accepted you as their Savior. God, help them to stop trying to be their own Savior. Help them to realize that there is sin in their lives, It separates them from you, but that you paid the price and you paid the penalty of their sin. Help them put faith in you this morning. 
as their only means of salvation. Help them to call on you, ask for forgiveness, and turn away from everything they're holding on to and realize that they are weak and that they need you. Put their faith in you once and for all. God, we love you. And we thank you for all you're doing in our lives, and we thank you that you pick us up over and over and over again.